It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. I made it. I was really hustling trying to get here on time. But I'm here, and you are here, and that is what counts the most. Listen, of course, as always, we have a lot of show to bring you. Yeah, we kind of, yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we just had some you know, scheduling, guests, high-profile people are very busy. But hey, we've got a whole new lineup today, starting right now with our first guest. Well, if you're in Las Vegas and you're visiting, thank you for always coming to Las Vegas. Of course, come back some more. In fact, you just go ahead and move here. But anyway, like I did. But uh, if you are in a party mood, and if you are visiting Vegas, that's what it's all about. And if you don't have enough to do, or if you do have enough to do, and you want something extra to do tonight, I got something for you. And it is totally free. It's an event that our first guest is going to tell us more about. Later tonight, let me get all the details right in the front of me here. Later tonight, at the Cosmo, Cosmopolitan Hotel, there will be an official Las Vegas launching party uh, at this venue in the Cosmo called the Barber Shop. Yes, it starts at 8 p.m. You can get there a little bit before 8, but what it's all about, again, is the official Las Vegas launching of a new uh, libation, new spirit drink called uh, the Producer Mezcal. That's what it's called. And I will tell you all about his producer, Mezcal. And it is launched, the new brand is launched in conjunction with a partnership with uh, Grammy Award winning producer, influential artist, and entrepreneur Swiss Beats. And Swiss will be there. He will be there tonight. Again, it starts around eight o'clock. I heard, and we'll ask our guests this in a moment here, that uh, before eight, hopefully they haven't confirmed it yet, but he, Swiss will possibly be doing um, some autograph sessions uh, because he's launching and introducing, premiering a new album. Yeah, so this is going to be fantastic. So uh, again, it is the, it's called the Producer Mezcal, the new drink brand. And again, it's done in partnership with Swiss Beats. And there will be other very talented bands and musicians there as well. So it's going to be a night of great drinks, great networking, the beautiful Cosmo Hotel, and just have a lot of fun. It's just more fun. And plus, we'll introduce you to a brand new libation uh, brand that, hey, is coming up one week to Super Bowl. So this might be a drink you want to include on your party uh, drink list for your Super Bowl parties. And I'm just going to 
turn it over to our guest. I had the opportunity to talk to him earlier today. We had to record it. Want to apologize for the audio sound of it because we were we had to do it over a cell phone, and so the audio might be a little little iffy iffy. You know how cell phones can do us. Sometimes they're great and sometimes they can be crazy, but we can still hear what he has to say. But the main thing is please turn out for this event. Again, it's at the Cosmo, it's at the barbershop uh, venue inside the hotel. It starts around eight o'clock tonight. Swiss Beats will be there. The new Masters Quintet will be there and Swiss will be introducing the world to a brand new uh album of music that he has uh, done and it will all take place there. So uh, let me go over. We're going to switch over to uh, my interview with Carlos Seda, and he is a spokesperson for the Producer Mezcal series. And this is going to be, from what he's told me and, and from the website, is this is a fantastic uh, new brand that you can, uh, and all of us can go check out. And their website is ProducerMezcal.com, and that's spelled M-E-Z-C-A-L.com. So again, ProducerMezcal.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram. And so they're going to uh, have these launch parties, not only in Las Vegas, but also throughout California, New York, and Texas. And so I understand they're going to do several uh, up the road here in Las Vegas. So if you can't make it tonight, you can definitely hopefully make it at some new upcoming uh, launch events that they will have as the brand continues to expand. So let's switch my over to my interview with Carlos from earlier today this morning. We are back with uh, more Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, right here in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. And for those of you who are in the Midwest and on the East Coast, I still love you. Anyway, we have our first guest here. Uh, his name is Carlos Sada, and he has, he is one of the spokespersons, I should say, of a really, it sounds like an delicious new uh, libation brand, as we can say. It's called the Producer Mezcal. And Carlos, first of all, welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you very much, Janice. It's a pleasure to be uh, to be here with you. And excited yeah. to be in, in Las Vegas, sunny Las Vegas. So where is the uh, home for you? Home for me is Oaxaca, um, down in Mexico. Oaxaca is on it's on the west Pacific, west Pacific coast of, of the country. Okay, okay, I'm very familiar with it. I have friends from that region. Beautiful areas they have told me. So you are one of the things that one of the spokespersons for a big event that will be taking place later tonight at the beautiful. Barbershop within the Cosmopolitan uh, Hotel here. So tell us what is Producer Mezcal all about and tell us about this event that's going to take place later tonight. Of course, yes. Um, so the Producer Mezcal is a, is a brand that we launched um, late last year. Um, we actually started in, in, in New York 
And we're going to be focusing on on the Nevada and specifically the Las Vegas market and California and Texas. Right and here because we have great connections and we believe that Mezcal is still underrepresented in Vegas and there's a great opportunity for people to get to know this this wonderful spirit called Mezcal. Mezcal uh, is, is, a, is, is a spirit made out of agave and is supposed to, it's called tequila. Mezcal can be made out of a lot of different agaves, right? So Mexico has a lot of these agaves, specifically Oaxaca. And for us, for uh, the producer Mezcal, we have two offerings right now. One is uh, an ensemble, which is our kind of our entry level mezcal, which is um, it contains it's, it's a blend actually. It's espadine and cuiche, quite soft, um, at, at, at a good entry level price. And then we have another expression, which is called tepestate. Tepestate is more on the higher higher end, and it's a, this type of agave or uh, that's made to make to make this mezcal takes up to up to 30 years to mature. So what we're offering here through the brand is a mezcal that's easy to drink for people that are coming into the category or people that want to take it to the next level and try things that are a bit more refined and a bit more complex. So the producer is basically a mezcal made to connect cultures, right? To connect the, art, the artisans and the producers that make this fabulous drink and connect it to curious people and people that want to get into into the category on this side of the border. Now, if you are a fan or an avid uh, procurer, I should say, of tequila, you will love mezcal. Is that generally the way it goes? If, if, if you're the right if, uh, 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 yes, it's, if you like tequila, you are going to like Macau. I mean, because a lot of people also just drink tequila to shoot it, you know, and to party. But mezcal is more about sipping and enjoying and having a conversation with it. It, it has a lot of flavors, a lot of really nice notes to it, depending on what type of mezcal, right? Allows me to, as, as we say down in Mexico, mezcal, you don't shoot, you kiss. So, yes, that's, yes, that's your, your long, your long answer to that question. Well, now, uh, tell us some more details about this event uh, later tonight, and uh, is it open to the public, or just tell us what's going to happen? Yes, so this event is um, is part of our our class series that um that we're doing at the uh, at the barber shop here at the at the Cosmo, and it's our first event. Actually, we're we're proud to do our first event in in Vegas along with with Swiss Beats and Swiss. Um, he's actually starting. He, he's celebrating and he's launching his album with with a band called Twelve on Twelve and with the new Masters Quintet. So it's an event starts at 8 p.m. It's a join. Anyone that's listening can come around. We're going to have a courtesy, a courtesy drink. And we're also going to be showcasing three, three specialty cocktails that are special for this event. And yeah, and we would love to come. We would love to see you around and have a great time at the barber shop with us and get to know, listen to great music and get to know our, our mezcals. 
And so this is an event, it's a launch party for um, the Mezcal and also for Swiss Beat album. Now, is this a free event for the whole public or is there a charge or what? No, it's completely free. So I would just suggest if you want to come around, just get there early, early-ish, you know, um, or just before, before eight. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, drinks are going to cost. We're going to have a courtesy drink when you come in. But, um, yeah, it's, it's free, and we, and we want you to try our mezcal and listen to great music. We're really excited to, to listen this album and um, you know to have some nice conversations around Mescal or around a nice cocktail with Mescal with Fizz with his team with 12 on 12 with the Masters Quintet and with and also a lot of the of the partners for the producer Mescal are going to be here so we're really happy to to have this going on uh, Do you know if there will be any opportunities photo ops that will Swiss Beat, you know, have a maybe 10 or 15 minutes to take pictures with the fans, or do you know yet? There, there is going to be uh, album signage, which I believe is going to be before, and if it's it's going to be from seven to eight. If it, I, I do have to confirm if if it's from seven to eight or eight to nine, but there is going to be an opportunity. Okay, well that's, I know a lot of our listeners will, they're fans of Swiss Beats and then the other, the other music people that will be there as well. And if anything, just to uh, get a sampling of, uh, you know, this, this new spirit. So we are in Super Bowl season here in the States, of course. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so any suggestions, any uh, mixed drink specials that you could suggest that are with this uh, spirit that will be good for Super Bowl parties or look, what? Look, I'm, 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 I'm Mexican and in Mexico we drink mezcal meat with a nice cold beer on the side. Preferably a, a nice Mexican Pacifico beer, maybe a Corona or a Modelo. And that's how we drink it down in Mexico. But the truth is, is that maybe maybe people up here like their cocktails, and we have some house cocktails. So if you want to do something simple, I would recommend that you mix it with. You can make a it's a, you can make a mezcal meal with ginger and soda water, and that that tastes really really good. You could also mix it with um with any with any kind of citric, you know, pineapple. Um, or even a mezcal, mezcal, mezcal margarita is going to be really nice, and your and your big bowl of guacamole, and you'll be ready to enjoy the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that the margarita that would be me right there. That's that's enough. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> me margaritas. So, now, uh, well, final question: Can can you drink it just straight if you just are that brave, or, or what? Can you can you can you drink it straight? Is your question? Yeah. Yes, of course. I mean, mezcal is meant to be drank straight, right? So, mezcal, if it's well balanced and well made, as our mezcals are made, um, you can sip it, and you, and, you, and you can swirl it around your mouth, and you can, you know, and and, and maybe you can have a, a beer next to, the, to to it, and then swallow down beer with it, but. I would just sip it, especially a tepestate, uh, which is our higher-end mezcal. 
that's something that you will definitely would want to have me do. Now, I understand that later uh, in the fall that there will be uh, other uh, selections added to this lineup. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. Um, you know, mezcal can be made out of 40 different types of agave, so there's a whole world of, of mezcals that, that are out there, right? And I, and, I, and I would love to bottle all those all those mezcals and put them out there, but it's too confusing for the public, especially when you're a new, when you're a new brand and a new kid on the block, as we are. Um, we don't want to confuse people, so right now we're we're launching with two with two skews with the ensemble and tapestade. But our plan is to widen our our selection, and we, we are gonna we are gonna launch uh, an arroqueño, which is another wild agave, uh, an agave that takes 12 to 16 years to mature. We might have some tomorrows for people that are really interested. I'll, I'm, I'm going to have a couple of bottles on me, and I'll be happy to serve some people if they're really interested. And, and we're planning to launch that around April, May. And, and it's going to be a limited edition because we only have 1,200 liters, and we're going to put those out to you know the specialty accounts and to people that really appreciate that. And that's how we're going to be working um, with our with our partner and producer um, Juan Pacheco with limited editions that we're, that we're going to keep we're, we're going to bring out for people that really appreciate mezcal and want to indulge on on rare and and different types of mezcals. Now, as you uh, continue to launch uh, other uh, versions of mezcal, will there be launch parties here in Vegas as well in the future? Well, we, we do plan on doing more um, more um, more events. We do. Uh, we still don't know what what kind of events yet. I mean, this this cut series that um, our our best our first event tonight. It's going to be the it's going to be the first one, and we do want to do other stuff with with other artists. We want to do we want to do stuff with artists in not only in the U.S. but in Mexico. We also want, we're also focusing on the culinary side, so we're, we're we're doing collaborations with chefs, with Mexican chefs and Mexican bartenders, and we do intend to do a lot way more events over here in Vegas. And once we have more. We will be happy to invite you and invite your audience uh, to, to join us if you're interested. Oh, I am already interested. I'm thinking margarita and red right now <laughs> as we speak. But before we can get uh, to the future, we're going to deal with tonight. And so once again, give us the details and invite our, our listeners one more time. Of course. Uh, so it's tomorrow. Uh, sorry. So it's tonight at, at 8 p.m. at the barber shop. In with it, which is right inside of the Cosmo. So it, it, the, the show will run from eight to eleven, and um, and we'll be listening to to an album and sipping sipping great cocktails and and sipping great mezcal by itself, and hopefully having deep and meaningful conversations around it, around mezcal and around nice and around music.
Well, Carla, thank you so much for sharing with us. I wish I was sipping on something right now, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll do it later. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, here. And I want to bring you our next guest here. So starting on Monday night, February 7th, the Smithsonian Channel will kick off their Salute to Black History Month with a very powerful new docuseries titled 1,000 Years of Slavery, The Untold Story. And the executive producers of this docuseries are Angela Bassett, actor, actress, and her husband, Courtney B. Vance. Now, this is a four-part limited series, and it will cover and and uncover the truth, a lot of unknown details about over a thousand years of slavery around the world, not just in America and the Caribbean. It's uh, all over the world that this uh, docuseries will cover. Plus, there will be all types of um, celebrities, leading black actors and actresses, influencers, politicians will also be interviewed as well. And that brings me to my next guest. His name is Shannon Lanier, and he is a contributor to this series. He's also a veteran television host, social media influencer, and a best-selling author. His book is titled Jefferson's Children, The Story of One American Family, and it's follows his journey to uncover the history behind his heritage as a ninth generation direct descendant of President uh, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. So yes, he is a ninth generation descendant of President uh, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. So he has a book that's all about it. We'll talk to him more about his book at a later time. But uh, let's bring Shannon on so that we can get more details about his input and about this docuseries, 1000 Years of slavery, the untold story on the Smithsonian channel that will be coming up on Monday night. So let's bring Shannon on right now. Well, hello, Shannon. Such a pleasure to chat with you today. Well, you happen to be uh, in my hometown, my home city of Houston. Oh, and I just moved. Okay. I'm a whole city behind yeah. then. Well, let's just jump uh, right. I loved it though. Oh yeah, except for the humidity, but that's another story. 
I'd like that too. Right, right, right. Oh, you're good. You're better than me on that one. Well, Shannon, okay. Uh, we have, of course, gathered here together this morning. Uh, Black History Month has beginning, and I understand that you have an amazing, uh, part of an amazing project that will be airing on the Smithsonian Channel docuseries, 1,000 Years of Slavery, The Untold Story. Executive produced by Angela Bassett and her husband, Courtney B. Vance. So tell us all about this docuseries and when does it start? You have to see it, Janice. Let me tell you, tell everyone, February 7th is the Monday. That's next Monday, February 7th. And every Monday in February, this will be airing at 8 p.m. And it is just powerful. When you go to the Smithsonian Smithsonian Channel to watch this docuseries every Monday, you will be shocked every Monday. You'll be wowed every Monday. You'll be just empowered to want to learn more, to want to go deeper, because we're talking about a thousand years of slavery here. And... Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of times in the U.S., the only thing we learn about is the slaves that were brought here from Africa and maybe the last 400 years of that, you know. So now you're going deeper. You're peeling the onion back and revealing the depth and impact that this industry, because it was an industry for most places, industry has had on the global perspective of who these people are, what slavery is, where people came from, and what they did with it when they were enslaved. It was so interesting to learn how, of course, some people didn't want to live in slavery, so they revolted, and they fought back, and these people in bondage were, had enough, and they said, enough is enough, so we're going to fight back. And this docuseries, you really learn in the first episode what they did to fight back and who was successful and who wasn't. And that was, that was powerful. That was like watching a Marvel series. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait to see this. Oh my goodness. Cause I mean, I'm always, I'm such a history buff here, but now, as you mentioned, um, oh, but a, you know what, Janice, uh -huh. the, the good thing is, even after you, sorry to cut you off, I no. just want to say that even if you're not a history buff, mm -hmm. you're going to love this because my kids were watching part of it with me and they were like intrigued. I was like, oh, they're going to watch this too. So they were, I was surprised that they liked it so much and just wanted to learn more because it's like, wow, that happened? That really happened to people? Like, yeah, it happened. I think people don't even realize it's such horrible, horrific things. Yes, we know they were in chains, but it goes far deeper than that. But also, it's not all, you know, woe is me also. So don't feel like you're going to be, you know, beat over the head with this whole slavery thing the whole time. You're learning things about history. You're learning things about my family and your descendants of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. And you're learning all of these things that will really enlighten you and empower you as well. Now, uh, I know we're, I, I wish I had at least another 10 hours to talk with you because you yourself, uh, your lineage is just rich and breaming over. Uh, not only are you a, a television host, best-selling author, but I understand that you are one of the ninth generation descendants of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. That's a whole nother conversation with me and you uh, that I would love to explore. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, and I think I'm going to save this question for a future request to talk to you further. But uh, in my, the minutes that I have left now, I understand that 1,000 Years of Slavery, the untold story, there are several celebrities that are commenting uh, that are a part of the docuseries. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that Angela B. Angela 
Bassett and Courtney B. Vance produced this. I mean, that just speaks to the volume of people they were able to get. And they got everybody and anybody they wanted. Dr. Bernice King is in this. You know, Senator Cory Booker, Soledad O'Brien, Mark Morial, Valerie Jarrett, Debbie Allen. I mean, the impact that she's had. Duele Hill. I mean, so many people agreed to do this project because they saw the importance of it. They saw the impact that it could have, and they really wanted to enlighten people about slavery. And, and not, again, take it from a depressing point, but just talk, taking it from an educational perspective and learning so much and how it touched so many people from Africa to the Caribbean, from New Orleans to Istanbul. You really get to see the global impact in this, like, it's not, like I've never seen it done before. Let's touch on the uh, Istanbul connection really fast here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that, the, the whole connection with slavery in Istanbul. Now, as we told you, everything, Janet, she wouldn't watch the series. You got to oh. wait till 7 p.m. No. 8, 8 Eastern time on Monday to watch some of But I will tell you that it, it, it's amazing the impact that it had because you got to remember a lot of these slave ships, they stopped at different ports. They, they took people, they got people, they left people, and, you know, they needed things from food to supplies and different things. So it touched so many different places, even before slavery got to the U.S., that it was impacted, whether it was slaves of war or slaves of treason or slavery from any type of element. And there are different types of slavery, too, because you have those that were just cattle. Those were just, you know, a financial gain. Those that were, you know, like I said, prisoners of war that were being held there for different reasons. But, you know, there is even a, a section that talks about white slavery in Europe. So you get all of these things in a different perspective from what you thought you knew or what you originally learned about slavery. So that's why it's so eye-opening for a lot of people, because you do have all of these layers. Well, I think this series, not only is it educational and very informative, but in this whole era right now about the debate about critical race teaching and such, it's very timely. So it just blends right in um, with what's going on today. Um, My last question here, is this a docuseries that will appeal to non-African-American people? Oh, totally. Uh, totally. They're, and that's what, you know, I don't want people to be afraid of or think that they're trying to, uh, you know, blame anyone or, you know, make people feel bad about this. And, and that's too with critical race theory. You mentioned that. I think this is just an opportunity as critical race theory is to learn the truth. You know, it's not that we want to make everyone feel bad or do anything like that. It's just like, hey, this is the truth. History is supposed to be something that we learn and not just make it his story, but make it the true story. And so that's what we're just trying to do to tell the truth. I mean, it's that basic. It's nothing really insightful about it. You know, simple things like tell people Christopher Columbus did not discover America. Stop saying that. Like, why do we still perpetuate this story? I mean, simple things like that. Look what you did. That's critical race theory. Bam. We're just telling the truth and telling it like it is. And so um, I don't think people need to be afraid of that. I don't think people need to be afraid of this documentary. Just be have an open mind and an open heart and be ready to learn. And we will learn something new. And before we we shut it down, I've got to plug your book. Everyone, his book is The Jefferson's Children, The Story of One American Family is your book. Shannon, I have got to have you back on the show to talk about your book and your lineage. How can I, uh, your publicist, is it the same person that connected this interview or what? 
Well, anybody who wants to find me can always find me on social media at Mr. Shannon Lanier. Very easy to get a hold of me and my team will uh, reach out to you. I'm most active on Instagram uh, and TikTok. So make sure you follow me at Mr. Shannon Lanier on Instagram and TikTok. Got a shameless plug out there. But yeah, definitely reach out and uh, let's make something happen. Wonderful. We're going to do that. So again, thank you so much. Again, the docuseries is 1,000 Years of Slavery, The Untold Story, airing starting Monday the 7th and every Monday throughout February uh, on the Smithsonian Channel in honor of Black History Month. Again, thank you so much, Shannon, for your work. You got it. Thank you so much for what you do as well. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Okay, who does not recognize the music, that theme song? Oh my goodness, we know we're going to laugh when we hear that music. Of course, that is a portion of the theme song to the beloved classic comedy series, I Love Lucy. And that brings me to our next guest. Uh, His name is Jeff Holman. He's a veteran comedic actor. And uh, some critics have said that he just literally steals the show in the highly anticipated new film, Being the Ricardos, which is uh, in select theaters around the country. And it is also now streaming on Amazon Prime. And of course, it is uh, about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, just a portion of uh, their amazing career and uh, the the fascinating life that they had. So uh, our guest here, as I said, he stars as uh, the act, the character Roger Otto in Being the Ricardo. So has anyone seen Being the Ricardo yet? I have not seen it, I must admit. Usually they send us a, uh, a, a screener link. I just they probably sent it. I've been so busy. I did not watch it and the link probably has expired, but that's okay. Uh, I will watch it along with the rest of you. So uh, the character Roger Otter, Otter, I should say, is, uh, I misspelled his word, his name there. It's Roger Otter, O-T-T-E-R. He is a, a high ranking studio executive at the Philip Morris company back in the day. And he is working directly with, uh, Lucy. And by the way, Nicole Kidman, oh my God, they make her look so much like Lucille Ball. Isn't that scary how much she looks like her? And, uh, Javier Bardem stars as Desi Arnaz, uh, in this film. And Jeff, uh, our guest, Jeff Holman, also appears in the very successful series, Showtime's Yellow Jackets, uh, which just received the Critics' Choice Award nomination for Best Drama Series. So let's bring on Jeff Holman, and we're going to talk about his role in being the Ricardos as uh, the character, uh, Roger Otter. And what was it like working with uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Javier Bardem? And just what was it like working uh, on a film about two of the most iconic uh, entertainment personalities in history. That must have been such a thrill. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out right now. So let's bring on Jeff Holman right this very minute. I can't wait to get into Jeff's business about this film. You know how nosy I am. So let's bring Jeff on right now. 
Uh, okay, so now I have you, Jeff Holman, on the phone. We will not be disconnected again due to my fumbling and mumbling around with buttons. How about that? Oh, I love it. Okay, Jeff. Let's just jump right in here. You are one of the principal actors on the highly anticipated new film, Being the Ricardos. Uh, oh, my goodness. The world has been waiting for this movie for so long. Of course, it's uh, about the, a portion of the, the lives of Desi Arnaz and the great Lucille Ball. Let's just... Find out where this couple has such a vast, successful career and lives. Where does the film pick up on in their lives? Where does it start? So it starts with um, a, a, a table read on Monday. And this is basically the second year of the I Love Lucy show. And... Uh, like I said, it starts with a table read on Monday and goes to the film taping uh, or the show taping on Friday. And it deals with not only the uh, problems and, and intricacies of doing a television show with the cast and the crew and the revolving directors and, and all of that, but on top of that, as, uh, as Aaron Sorkin put it, they... Lucille Ball is pregnant at a time when you can't have pregnant women on television. And there are rumors about Desi's infidelity and Lucy is accused of being a communist. So wow. it's a whole bunch of stuff thrown into that one week that they have to deal with all at once. So that's, that's the time that it picks it up. That is that is not your typical day at the office uh, scenarios for people's lives there at all. <laughs> right. Right. Well, now tell us about your character, Roger Otter. Who, who is Roger, and how does he fit into all of this? So Roger Otter is an executive with the Phyllis Morris Cigarette Company, uh, and the they're the main sponsor of the show. And, you know, back then you could have cigarette companies sponsoring all kinds of things. And so I, being this, uh, the executive at Philip Morris, I direct Lucy and Desi as far as what they can and can't do with their show. And um, just how well that goes for me, you'll have to see the film to find out. But as you can imagine, uh, with two strong personalities like that and two powerhouse producers like that uh they have their own ideas of how they're going to do their show and uh, it's it's just it, it i i am one of one of the many foils uh, that they have in the in the movie so well i sure that's my role that's your role so do you like roger or what do you think of him i do you know as an actor you kind of have to like the roles that you're playing even the even the the ones who are maybe not so <laughs> viewed in the warmest regard. Uh, I, I like him because he he is he's trying to help Lucy and Desi you know, navigate the the uh, intricate world of television. He just has a specific idea of how that should be, and it does 
jive with their ideas. So I don't think he's a bad guy. He just has a different view of the world than what they have. Well, of course, uh, as we all know, Nicole Kidman stars as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem as Desi. Uh, was this your first time working with either one of them or both of them together or what? It was. It was. And, you know, I expected to be completely intimidated. <laughs> I mean, they are Oscar winners, you know. They've done an incredible amount of, of work. And all of that went right out the window as soon as I met them. They were down-to-earth super nice, genuine, uh, just salt-of-the-earth type of people. I never felt like I was less than, equal to them, either as an actor or as a person. And that's that's not always the case here in Hollywood. You know, some of the big stars are not all that nice. Um, I can't really name any, you know, uh, name any names, but trust me, I've worked with some who are not nearly as cool as these two uh and these two are probably the biggest stars i've worked with so it really says something about their personalities and just how grounded they are with themselves because they're both super super cool well we have definitely heard stories about the prima donnas and prima donalds out here Yes. yes, we have. Yes. Well, now, of course, I know you're a good old all-American male, just like so many of us out here via, um, grew up in America. You couldn't help but look at uh, I Love Lucy and grew up watching the show, just loving the show. The show just never loses its appeal. So uh, were there anything about about in your research about this project that you found out that kind of surprised you because I'm sure you watched the show just like all of us did growing up you're absolutely correct I loved the show growing up every day I come home from school and watch the I Love Lucy show and I think that was when I started to think that comedy was really my my specialty and I, and and that I think was spurned from the I Love Lucy show. Now, I did, I researched the show and uh, Lucille Ball herself, uh, as well as Desi Arnaz, and the cigarette company, Philip Morris. And what surprised me was that Lucy was a lifelong Chesterfield cigarette smoker. She actually started out in New York selling Chesterfields from the tray with the ribbon around the neck. Oh, yes. And she uh, she remained faithful to that cigarette. And there's actually a scene in the film where I'm pleading with her to please smoke one of the seven brands that Philip Morris makes. <laughs> and, uh, and she just refused to do so. And interesting side note, at the time, Chesterfield was not in the portfolio of Philip Morris. But since that time, they have acquired Chesterfields as well. Well, that worked out quite that was well. very surprising to me. That really did work out quite well. Um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of hard to believe nowadays. I'm sure there are obviously plenty of actors and actresses who smoke away from the cameras, but it's just kind of, you know, hard to believe that at that era that they smoked back then. They were real people who smoked and drank and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and such as that. Oh, man. 
Yeah, there was a lot of cigarette smoke on the set. Big oh. time. They had, well, they, you know, had Desi and, and um, they had, uh, sorry, Javier and Nicole smoking. Uh, and then Baron Sorkin likes cigarette smoke on film. And so the the person was like, okay, uh, who wants to smoke cigarettes? You know, the prop person. And, and we were all kind of like looking at each other like, mm-hmm. and a couple of people were like, okay, I used to smoke cigarettes. I, I guess I get smoke a cigarette at the scene. They're like, oh, okay, great. But then they wanted more cigarette smoke. So they actually put cigarettes on little turkey basters and then light them up and then they like massage the turkey baster ball and it would go <laughs> and like throw all this extra cigarette smoke into the air. Oh my gosh, it was so brutal. Like at the end of the of filming those days in the office, it was, uh, my eyes were stinging with all the cigarette smoke. It was, yeah, but it was, it, it was definitely a lot more around back then for sure. Oh, well, I'll tell you, directors know how to get what they need and uh, I just love these back stories about how you guys do what you do. It's so much fun to know the inside stuff. It's, it's really cool. So, okay, how much you know, I, I know some of this is, I mean, these were real, obviously, real people, but the storyline and some of the, the incidents and scenes uh, in the film, did it actually did you know of it actually take place in uh, Desi and Lucy's lives or what? Yes, these are all absolute true-to-life stories. The only uh, difference is that they didn't all happen in that one week. So he took some incidences um, from more than just one week, and he compressed it into that one week so that they were dealing with more things than actually happened that week. Uh, That was a, a small bit of contention from what I understand with the uh, uh, Lucy Arnaz, uh, one of the executive producers, she's like, wait a second, but that didn't happen right after that. And he's like, no, but for for dramatic purposes, we need to have it all like this. And she's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And, uh, and it, I think it really works well for the film to have all those stressors in there uh, at once. And it's just, it's just a minor um, historical director's license, if you will. But all of those things absolutely did happen. I was going to ask you about, and you beautifully explained it, uh, if the uh, the children had uh, any say-so in this project, but Lucy, you just answered that. And uh, obviously, so the whole family was on board with the pro- with the film. That's right. Yes, That's Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr. were both executive producers, and uh, I-, I got to meet Lucy Arnaz on on set. She um, she was watching one of the days that I was filming, and uh, she pulled me over and she's like, "Oh, oh, Jeff, Jeff, come here, come here, come here. I have to tell you, you are so funny. You we're loving all your reactions and all your all your, the funny way you say your lines. It's so great." And I'm like, hey, um, I'm Jeff, by the way. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm Lucy Arnaz. She takes her mask off. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Wait a Hold on. Wait. Time out. The daughter of Lucille Ball thinks I'm funny? Oh, okay. 
All right. I can die. I can die happy now. <laughs> oh, Jeff, what a compliment. Yeah, yeah, My goodness. Super nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Compliment. I totally lucked out being on the song for sure. So after and working with Aaron, oh my god! Oh my goodness! So yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. That's okay. So, so okay. So, so after the film wrapped and everything was said and done, did you have time to go back and look at some of the old episodes of I Love Lucy and just kind of look at it in a whole different way, or what? You know what? I haven't gone back and watched any of them uh, since. Um, but I'm so intimately familiar with them. I have thought about them a lot, and yeah, I did. I think about them completely differently now that I've seen the behind the scenes and just how I think Aaron does a brilliant job of showing what a comedic genius Lucille Ball was. And now, and she wasn't just like, you know, good with physical comedy and stuff, like it really shows how she thought through and thought up the comedy and created the, com the, the comedic scenes. It was just uh, fantastic to see that visual, and I think he, he portrays it extremely well. Um, so now, knowing how she was so hard on every beat and every line, now I can go back and, and look at those and be like, okay, these really are masterpieces in every single episode. They really are. And that just shows you about good comedy. It never loses its value. When funny is funny, it stays funny. Forever. You're right. Absolutely. You can go back and look at these uh, 60 years later, and they're still hilarious. And she is amazing. Yep, she really, yeah, really yeah, was. Yeah, a lot of respect for her. Well, now, okay, now that that is all said and done, uh, let's talk about some of your other other work. Yellow Jackets, Showtime. Ooh, <laughs> wow, talk about intense. Really intense. Have I've, you seen that one? I've seen a lot of clips of it. They've sent me a lot of clips, and I was like, ooh, this is wild. This is different. Mm -hmm. So you go from Lucy, I love Lucy to Yellow Jackets now. But how do you how do you gear up for something like that for you? Well, I actually did the pilot for Yellow Jackets a couple of years ago in Los Angeles, and um, then shortly after that, the pan pandemic hit, and I was like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that show. I, Never heard anything. I guess, you know, Showtime didn't pick it up or whatever. And then they called my agents this uh, this past summer after throwing me in the Ricardos, and I was just kind of like hanging out and waiting for the next thing to come along. And they uh, called my agent up. They're like, oh, hey, we're filming some more episodes up here in Vancouver. Can uh, your client come up here and do some more episodes? And we're like, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> so they flew me up there and, uh, put me up in a nice hotel and and uh, I was actually the first actor to work on the show who didn't have to quarantine for two weeks oh. because Canada changed their quarantine rules right before I went up to work on the show. So I was the first person who only had to quarantine for five days. Um, actually, I didn't even have to quarantine. I just kind of, they had to get me there like five days early to make sure that everything was okay, but I didn't actually have to quarantine or anything. So I just have five days in Vancouver 
on like their dime because of course they give me like a per diem and stuff you know so like hanging out having a great time and then to go and film a film a, a scene and, and then go home the next day yeah. and, and that happened uh happened twice and the cool thing is that that every time they brought me back my part was like twice as big as the last time so like in the pilot i only had two lines and then in the first episode that they brought me back episode six they I had like six lines, and then when they brought me back for episode ten, I had like twelve lines. I was like, "Ah, oh, this looks great." So, um, one final thing here, Jeff. How can people follow you and your career and what you're doing each week or each month? Uh, social media out there for you or what? Yes, yes, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Jeff Holman Official. Okay. Jeff Holman Official. Jeff Holman Official. So we're going to go check you out and bother you from time to time. And just Please do. Please okay. do. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Okay. Permission to follow Jeff Hol- Holman here. So. Well, and I'll, yeah, I'll be like following you back and bugging you about so I'll be like, oh, hey. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bug I'll us. People. Oh yeah, we we love to be bugged. We we bug a lot of people everywhere, so it's no problem. People all over in Moscow, we bug them. They bug us. It's good. It's all good. It's all awesome. Good. Terrific. But, yeah. Well, Jeff, I tell you, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for all the backstory information. Really cool stuff about. Oh, Loved it. Loved cool. it. Cool. Yeah, it was great talking with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So we will see you on Instagram. We will see you on television and the film, big screen, if they let us totally back in the movies. Hopefully, eventually. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes. thank you again and um, continued success to you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, and I'd love to come back and talk some more uh, stuff in the future. Oh, please do. You've got our number. You know how to find us. Just call us. Hey, I got a new project. Can we talk? We're here. We don't mind. Awesome. <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. It's a date. It's All right. Day. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, wow, we are so out of time. Did we have a long lineup of guests for today? Want to thank everyone. Jeff Holman, uh, being the Ricardos, if you haven't already seen it, uh, if you are wanting to continue or maybe start the party tonight, make sure you stop by the Cosmo Hotel again at the uh, Barbershop venue for the launching of the new liquor spirits brand, producer Mezcal, and listen to uh, some brand new music from recording star, Grammy Award winning uh, producer, performer, Switz Beats. He'll be right there putting out some new music for everybody to share. And also make sure that you watch uh, the Smithsonian channel on Monday night for the new docuseries that starts at 8 p.m. with their launching of uh, Black History Month. This will be a docuseries that will be uh, part two, three, and four airing for every Monday for the month of February. So Okay, we are out of time. I got to go get dressed. I got to go get dressed. I'll see you at the barbershop later tonight. And uh, we'll see you also next Saturday for another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next Saturday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. 
with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Stop the Film Festival Radio.